Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its savor, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Leviticus chapter 2, 11 to 13. Every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in a food offering presented to the Lord. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for already touching lives, encouraging um, building up and strengthening in our time of praise and worship. Lord, as we lifted up our hearts to you with the words of the songs that we sang. And Father, we thank you that already prayers are answered in this place. Father, already there is such a grace to go forth in faith. But Lord, even as we sit at your feet now to hear your word, Lord, we pray that you will fill us a little more. Lord, we pray that you will help us more. Lord, we pray that you will go before us, Father, and, and show us how to go out and leave your word in the world that awaits us. We pray this, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Today, um, I really want to share something that we've been already, that's been stirring in my heart um, for some time now. And uh, at one point, I was having my quiet time and I just felt I, I saw something there that would be needed in Nairobi Lighthouse Church, that it wasn't just for me as an individual, but also for the church. Amen? The passages you saw are about salt. The first one says we are to season our conversations, our interactions with salt. Now, the second one talked about the fact that we are the salt of the world. And the third one is said, says, add salt to your offerings. So it's like salt. Why salt? Uh, why not something else, you know, that is a lot more impressive? You know, like dania. Add dania. Season your conversation. <laughs> or something like, okay, I know dania is not that impressive. Tangawizi, you know, ginger. Cayenne pepper. Maybe if the Bible said season your conversations with cayenne, you know, like make them hot conversations. <laughs> Cumin. How many people use cumin in this, in this house? Yeah, yeah, these are the bougie people. <laughs> they use cumin and mint and rosemary and oregano. Man, if you are using oregano, bus. <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> you know, why not something exotic like that, you know? And when for my daughters, ketchup. You know, ketchup is just the thing. <laughs> but just plain ordinary salt, sodium chloride. I read somewhere that it's the only family of rocks regularly eaten by humans. 
That's what it is. Yeah, yes. Salt shaker, salt. Just ordinary salt, yeah? Why that salt? Um, salt right now costs about, what, 25 shillings for a regular pack? But in the time this was written, salt was a very, very valuable thing. Here's a fun fact about salt. Did you know that the word salary derives from the Latin word salt or sol? Salary. In Roman times, salt was such a valuable commodity that army soldiers were sometimes paid with salt instead of money. Imagine that. How much is in your account? So this is where the expression worth his salt comes from. You know that expression. And you've always wondered, where did that come from? You know, that person is worth, not worth their salt usually is what you'll hear. So salt was big back then. Whole cities and highways were built around and for the business of salt. There are even cities that are named after salt because they had the, the business, their business was salt. So these words, when they were spoken in the time they were spoken, they were creating a huge impact in the minds of the people that were listening because salt was of great value, kind of like petrol today. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being paid in petrol. <laughs> what is God's word saying to us through this? If you look at the three scriptures that we have read today, you will see that one has to do with how we are to relate with each other. The second one has to do with how we are to relate with the world. And the third one has to do with how we relate with God. And so our topic today is breakthrough in your relationships. Breakthrough in your relationships. I, I, you know, I was wondering, do people really want to hear about a breakthrough in their relationships? They do. You know, relationships is one of the five major things that people worry about that cause anxiety, distress, and trouble in people's lives. Um, the other four would be money, the future, health, your career, work. Those are the other uh, distress causes. But relationships is right there among them. And today we want to talk about a breakthrough in that major area in our lives. But first, your relationship with others. Colossians chapter 4, 6 says that for us to have a breakthrough in our relationship, we need to use some what? Some salt. You need to get your salt shakers out and add some salt in your relationship. Uh, your talk, your interactions, the way you are with people needs to be seasoned with salt. And so let's look at the qualities of salt to help us understand or gain insight into what the Bible means or what God's word is telling us to do in regards to our relationships. Number one, salt is tasty. This is very simple, yeah? Salt is tasty. It has a pleasant taste or it brings pleasantness to taste. It gives food a pleasant taste. So for breakthroughs in your relationships, add pleasantness. Practice making your conversations pleasant, sweet, tasteful. What happened to good old courteousness? What happened to just being courteous? You know, these days, it, it seems to me like the world we live in just celebrates rudeness. Instead of being rude, mean, rough, 
loud, cutting people down, sarcastic, gossiping. Be courteous, be sweet, be tasteful, polite, kind, generous in your conversation. It's okay. <laughs> you will survive being nice. <laughs> Even when people are rude, find a way to answer pleasantly. Yeah? Right now in Kids House, we are talking about the Beatitudes. And one of the things we shared with the children about being meek is that meek is not weak. Meek is actually strength under control. And the Bible says that the meek shall inherit the earth. You don't have to be pushy to get where you need to go. You can be nice and still get there. Amen? The other quality about salt is that salt protects and preserves. It's, 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 it has preservative qualities. You can actually salt up your meat and leave it there on the counter and it won't go bad. The days when there is no power, you understand. Mixing salt in water like in your, and putting it in your cut flowers will help your flowers stay longer in the vase. Yeah? Salt is one of the main ingredients used in canning because it preserves, it protects. So for breakthrough in your relationships, always seek to protect others and to preserve the relationship. You want a breakthrough, then protect the relationship. Preserve the relationship. Don't expose. Exposing with gossip and slander and with a prayer request. Your goal is to keep the relationship, not to destroy it, especially when you are aware of the other's faults. Put yourself in their shoes sometimes and even help others put themselves in that person's shoes. And what I'm trying to say here is that we're not trying to protect people because, or rather accept the wrong people have done, but we can identify with where they are coming from to help us be more compassionate towards them yeah, when we interact with them. So salt protects. Protect your relationships. Number three, salt heals. Salt heals. It's one of the standard procedures in my house is that if as soon as you start feeling something in your throat, you do what? You gargle, you know? If you're one of those people who sometimes gets a sty, you know that swelling on your, on your hair follicle, on the, the lashes. If you just mix a little salt in water and wash your eyes, you might be surprised it will clear up in a day. Because salt heals. Uh, when our kids have a stomach upset, what is the first thing we give them? Salt and, salt and sugar. And salt has been used in poultices, you know, where you make a, a thick paste and put it on a wound or something so that it can heal. Salt heals. So... I was reading that uh, in Napoleon's, in, in, in one of those wars against uh, Moscow, it's recorded that thousands of Napoleon's troops died during his retreat from Moscow because their wounds would not heal due to a lack of salt. So salt was so valuable, it was one of those things they carried in the time of war so that they can treat their soldiers with it. Salt heals. When you speak, make sure that your words heal the wounded. Let your words heal the hurting. 
when you see someone is wounded and hurting, and it's usually pretty obvious, bring in a word that will bring healing. Say something that will help them. Be careful not to wound and hurt with your own words. Speak Jesus. That's what we mean when we sing, speak Jesus. <laughs> bring Jesus into that conversation. Speak the word. Speak forgiveness and mercy. Speak love. Speak hope and encouragement. Those are the things that heal. Amen? And the last thing is that salt enhances flavor. Salt makes other tastes better. As in the things you put salt in, those things taste better because you salted them, right? You can be making a vanilla cake and if you don't add salt, it won't taste as good as that vanilla flavor will not be as good as if you add a little salt in it. And so it's advice for you to add just a pinch of, just a pinch of salt. A lot of you love this new, new flavor, salted caramel. How many know salted caramel? And what's, what's that basically? It's when you add salt into what? Sugar. So salt actually makes sugar sweeter. So salt is a flavor enhancer. In your relationships and interactions, always ask, what can I say that will help another person shine? How can I enhance who they are? How can I enhance their flavor? What can I do in my relationship to help others grow and prosper in being who they are? The person God called them and gifted them to be. How can I compliment them? How can I celebrate them? Give them opportunity, support them, you know? We are living in a world where it's like you go push them down, yeah, and push them aside so that you can get ahead. But the word tells you to do what? Add some salt. Instead of competing, cooperate. Be team, yeah? Acknowledge their contribution and their ideas. Believe in them. Be team together, amen? The reason I'm standing here is because Pastor and Miss Amy believed in me. Yeah, And they sought to enhance the good that is in me so that I can get better and better at it. You know, And there's something in, so somebody out there in your life that's waiting for you to see what they have, believe in them, and enhance the gift that they have. Amen? So it's not just about you. It's about that person. What can you do for them? I want you to note something with me, that the application of salt in our relationship is not a divine grace. I hope that shocks you when I say that. But it's a purposeful gracefulness. You know, a divine grace is where God just enables me to be like that. And I wish it was like that. I wish, you know, God just came upon me and I am never anything but nice. I'm just always nice. But we all know it doesn't happen like that, yeah? It's a choice I make every day to be gracious, to choose graciousness. It's intentional and intelligent in application. I'm the one who decides, okay, you said that, I'm going to reply this way. You did that, I'm going to respond that way. Yeah? So we think about it. We commit it to God and then we respond. Amen? We do the seasoning. The seasoning doesn't do itself. Yeah? Let's turn our attention to how we sort our world. Matthew chapter 5, 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its savor, how can it be made salty again? 
It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. We are looking for a breakthrough in the way we interact with the world. The church is looking for a breakthrough, victory. We want to be overcomers in the way we interact in the world. The Bible says, be the salt of the earth. Amen? Um, so take the same things that we've talked about now and turn them around as you go out into the world. Season the world, number one, with godly wisdom, with knowledge, with love and grace. What you have is not for keeping to yourself. It's for doing what? It's for shaking it around and making sure people do what? People get it. So whenever you have the opportunity, shake out some salt and let it touch somebody near you. Think about this. Where salt touches, salt remains. Have you ever tried to remove salt out of your potatoes after you've oversalted them? It doesn't get out. It's in there. There's nothing. You can dilute it as much as you want. But guess what? Salt is still there. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. Because it tells me that whatever I do has an impact. Whether you see it or not. Because you never see that salt infusing into those potatoes, infusing into that meat. But let me tell you that that salt is at work. And so I never give up whether I'm seeing results or not. You just go out there and salt your world. Amen? Number two, preserve and protect the earth from moral decay. That's what we are here to do as the body of Christ. We are preserving and protecting the earth. So we do that by doing the right thing, by teaching the right thing, by fighting for righteousness. Let me tell you the unrighteous people are so vocal, so bold, so ready to say their peace. And we need you as believers to just stand up and say your peace. To also stand up and say your beat. And you don't have to say you're opposing them. You can just say your opinion on the matter. You can just say what you believe, what you know, what you have experienced. Yeah, you can just say your side of things. That's what the Bible teaches us, that we are to fight in that way. So protect the world from moral decay through your prayers, through intercession, through interventions. Yeah, don't stand helplessly watching the world and the devil come and take over. Bring down the blessing of God in answer to your prayers, and by your influence and your example, we save the world from universal vice and crime. A long time ago, we were fighting only for our city, but I'm telling you, just fight for the whole world, eh? Because the whole world is influencing your what? Your city. So get out there and fight for the world. Number three, heal by the word. Heal by the blood. Heal by the word of your testimony. The Bible says we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The world is sick and God's word heals. We are not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So again, let's say, speak Jesus. Don't hide from the problem. Go after the what? The problem. And number four, enhance God flavor in the world. Simply, our presence makes the world a better place. If you are in City Hall, 
does it make City Hall a better place? You're trying to do something in a government office and it's like, my goodness. My goodness. I wish I just knew somebody, a believer out there who can help me. I wish I have a friend because everywhere you go, there's a hand out there saying what? And me, what am I going to eat? You, you're trying to, uh, to do this project, but somebody else wants to eat from that project. But you know, you as a believer can make that place a better place. You can make it a better experience for us when we come because you are there. You're bringing in God flavor. Create an attractiveness for the things of God, the ways of God, divine principles. Do the right thing with the right heart, motivated and guided by the heart of God. Be audacious about the things of God. The world and the enemy are audacious about their things. So don't hold back. Have that audacity as well. We are not to lose our savor because if, when we have no impact, when we just stand and watch, then we are losing our savor. And the last one that I want to talk with you guys about is your relationship with God. How do we have a breakthrough in our relationship with God? God sets it out in Leviticus 2, 11, 13 in relation to salt. No grain offering that you present to the Lord may be made with leaven, for you are not to burn any leaven or honey, that is yeast, as an offering made by the fire to the Lord. And you shall season each of your grain offerings with salt. You must not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offering. Add salt to them. Now the grain offering in short was, was really um, not an atonement offering, but a, a, a worship offering. Many of the offerings were to atone for sin, but this particular offering was an offering for worship. And worship is about relationship with God. The phrase salt of your covenant actually refers to the covenant bond between us and God. So three things are mentioned regarding this offering. The honey, the yeast, and the salt. And it wasn't enough for God to say, use salt in your offerings. He also commanded, in this offering of my relationship with you, where you're bringing your service to me and where you're recognizing that all you are belongs to me, don't bring yeast and don't bring salt. Why? I mean, don't bring honey. Why? Because honey represents the flesh. Honey represents what I want, what makes me happy. That's what honey is about in these scriptures. Honey symbolizes sensual pleasure. And it was understood in that sacrifice, uh, by the way, that the honey wasn't referring just to honey itself, but also to other things like figs, any other sweet thing like figs and, and dates. And in the same way, when we say the flesh or sensual pleasure, it's not just about the sexual pleasures of life, but includes how we handle all the sweet things of life. Entertainment, for example, the things that bring us pleasure. In our world, entertainment, the sweet things of life, have become main businesses. Your relationship with God is depending on how you handle the honey in your life. What entertains you may be leading you away from God. A while back, it used to be about movies and books. When pastor talked about movies and books, we'd be like, what am I reading? 
But now, just in the palm of your hand, on your phone, you can, you can be entertained by a world that is so far from God. It's incredible. Now, in social media, and short video clips and pictures that get our attention, and the only reason they get our attention is because they are funny, they are crazy, they are downright wicked. How you handle that can mean whether you have a breakthrough in your relationship with God or not. Yeast, on the other hand, represents pride, a puffed-up attitude, yeah? It represents hypocrisy and insincerity. The attitude that I am too smart, too rich, too important, too special for this or that. In our world, the me cult is trending. My wants, my rights, my time, my gifts, my cleverness, my life. God's word is clear. No honey and no yeast. Where do we take the time to talk about these things? Because if, you don't, if you're not aware, the devil is going to catch you unawares. And he will ambush you and have you in his corner before you even know what's going on. Salt represents separation. Honey and yeast were often used in the sacrifices of, of uh, other deities or, or deities, heathen deities in the ancient world. And using salt, God commanded that salt be used in this sacrifice because it would clearly separate who was worshipping God Jehovah and who was worshipping who? The heathen deities. And the heathen deities watching the Israelites uh, worship God in this way would know that that one is a different God. In your relationship with me, God is saying, do not even have a hint of the world. Don't have a hint of the flesh and the prideful of evil. Salt represented that special covenant relationship between God and his people. So the four things are what? Set aside pride, set aside the flesh, separate yourselves from the world, and preserve the covenant. Protect, value, fight for the covenant. In 2 John 2, 15 to 16, it talks about not loving the world. The love of the Father, you know, we are to have the love of the Father and not and not love the world and the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life. Those two attitudes, imagine that we're talking, what we're talking about in this present day was written about so many years ago. You know, it, it, whatever we're experiencing right now is nothing new, brothers and sisters. You know, the apostle, this is, this is John. The apostle John already saw this and wrote about it. And these two attitudes, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh, are causing our world to go off on a tangent. And it's nothing new. They are the root of some of the greatest deception and error the world has ever known. The basic, or that basic premise, has given rise to the most incredible error in the way people think, young and old alike. You know, it used to be that it's the young who are being deceived. But let me tell you what, the old are being deceived just the same. They are being deceived. Sometimes I'm on social media and I'll see somebody post something that is a very mature, a very mature person. But they are posting and quoting things that are leading other people astray. And you can tell they have been following other people that are leading them what? Leading them astray. There is a sweetness of appeal in the world today. 
high sounding arguments, the deception that it is for us and not against us, the articulateness and eloquence of those arguments that are catching us unaware and ambushing us, young and old, to the side where we are preaching the devil's gospel before we even know it. My brothers and sisters, I'm asking you to check yourself. Sometimes check yourself before you hit that like button. Just go back to that person and ask, what else have they posted? Before you forward something that you, you want to forward, because it really looks good right now. But go check, what have they posted? We as the present day believers must create a new awareness of the enemy's tactics among our generations. We must say no to pride, no to the flesh, separate ourselves and add salt. We must be bold, courageous, unapologetic about our obedience and our separation to God. Amen? You know Colossians says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. We must be positioned to fight, brothers and sisters, and refuse to give ourselves and our children over to the yeast and the honey of the world by actively applying salt. And I don't know about you, but it seems simple. But I know it's not that all that simple. I need to come to the Lord and say, I'm going to apply the salt. Lord, this is the way you're showing us to live. I, I love it because God keeps it simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And God says, all you have to do is go out there and apply the salt. Are you having a difficult relationship with a family member? Go there and apply the salt. Are you having a difficult relationship with a boss in your neighborhood, with anyone? Go there and apply the salt. Because in that salt is your breakthrough. In that application of the salt, by the obedience to God's word, there is a breakthrough. Amen? If you want to respond to the word and say, I'm going to be the carrier of salt. And I'm going to apply it wherever I go. And I'm going to leave a salty impact wherever I am. Lord, we just commit ourselves to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, this word is so simple. And yet we know in the reality of the moment, in our conversations, in our interactions, Lord, as we are with people, it's not, it's not that easy. But it's clear, it's simple. And we are praying for the grace in that moment, in those situations and circumstances, to apply the salt, to allow the grace of God to be poured out in us and through us to bring about a change and an impact in our world. Lord, help us to do that. Let the Christians stand out separate and clear and let our voice be loud and clear and obvious. And in so doing, Lord, let us bring back God to our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.